I swear to God, I never fall in love. There you show up, and I can't get enough of it. I swear to God, I never fall in love. I never fall in love, but I can't get enough of it. Yo, it's that time again. Better grab your balloons and invite your friends. Seatbelt back on, yeah, strap them in. Look at me, everybody, I'm smiling big. On the road right now that I can't predict. Tell me tone it down, but I can't resist. Y'all know that sound, better raise your fist. The search begins, I'm back, so enjoy the trip, yo. Today we're talking about two of the hottest rappers in the game, Machine Gun Kelly and Nate Furstein, better known as the rapper NF, and we're joined by hip-hop artist Connor Flanagan. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Are you a dreamer? Do you ever get lost just thinking about who you are and what's your place in the world and the sort of legacy that you want to leave? Do you dream big? But what happens when the stress and anxiety of life hits you? How do you respond to that? Do you look for an escape? Do you dig in for a fight? And what about the relationships in your lives? How do they fit into this? And what if I'm a really flawed person struggling with some really tough things and that's messing up my relationships. That seems like it's messing up my dreams. What does that mean for me and my place in the world? Today we're talking about two hip-hop artists who are very similar on the surface. They're both white. They're both from the Midwest. They both sing and rap. Both rap about their dark personal experiences. Both have been heralded as the successor to Eminem's legacy. But lyrically, you probably couldn't find two more different artists in terms of their mindset. And so to help guide us through Machine Gun Kelly and NF, I'm joined by hip-hop artist Connor Flanagan. My name is Mike Tenney. I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade teaching Catholic high school theology and then trying to make it big at night as a rock star, playing in different clubs and bars all over the place. And now I am blessed to speak to thousands of people each year at different events and through this show, Pop Culture Catechism. This is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to music and movies, where we look for God's love in the media that you're plugged into. So then when you unplug and we go back out in the real world and we take out our earbuds and put our phones away, we actually have a better awareness of God's love in our life, and we know how to love the other people in our life better as well. So that's our goal for you by the end of this episode. We promise you not only will you have hopefully a dip, deeper appreciation for the music of NF and Machine Gun Kelly, but also have some real practical ideas for how today— you can live God's love better, and you can know God's love better. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible through popculturecatechism.com and the Awaken Catholic app. I want to welcome to the show Connor Flanagan. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. good. I, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little on edge now though because I had no idea you were going to wrap that intro. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like we got to add Mike Tenney to that list. We got. Machine Gun Kelly, uh, we got NF, and the third best rapper in the world, Mike Tenney. Yeah, thank you. As, as long as somebody else writes the lyrics, I <laughs> I can rap it. I do like a mean karaoke of like Dr. Dre. So, uh. <laughs> oh, dude, it was good. I mean, you're playing the guitar and rapping is hard to do. That Thanks, was great. Man. Thanks, man. I've, I've written exactly one rap song in my life, and it'll probably never see the light of day, but uh, who knows? <laughs> anyway, so Connor, tell uh, tell the people about yourself. I know who you are, but they they probably don't, so... For people that don't know you, who are you? Yeah, man, Connor Flanagan. Uh, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota with my wife and three daughters. We have a fourth uh, kid on the way. Oh, congrats, we're, man. We're like, yeah, we're weeks away. It's uh, <sighs> so what, middle of, I don't know when this episode's going to drop, but mm. we're yeah, a couple weeks out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if it's boy or girl yet, but we will be planning a party of six here very soon. That's fantastic. Um, and I am, I work full time for an organization right now called St. Paul's Outreach SPO. They're a mm-hmm. college campus ministry organization. I'm their director of uh, marketing and creative, but I also pretty much full time uh, for the last eight ish years have been pursuing a professional career in uh, Christian hip hop and pop music. So, mm-hmm. Um, regular releasing music, content, traveling, touring, playing shows. Um, and then a bunch of, there have been a bunch of side projects that have kind of bloomed or blossomed out of my heart for the music industry, which is a small record label that we're building here in the Twin Cities, content creation company that I'm starting up specifically geared towards artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have a huge heart for like, well, how does God want to use me? Like I have gifts and they're not mine and how can we use them? And that has started to more, uh, I shouldn't even say it started probably over 10 years ago to flow Mm -hmm. out through music, but more professionally in the last, you know, six to eight years. And, um, yeah, I'm still grinding. Yeah, it's so you, you definitely are. I feel I feel like you're one of the hardest working people in in the biz. Oh, just man. just watching watching what you do and um you're you're repping the Dayton Avenue swag. That's that's, right. that's your record label, right? Dayton Avenue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's been cool to see you kind of take on a mentorship role for some younger artists, um, like Molly and Seth. And just yeah. it's it's been really really cool to, to to see that happening and just see the collaborations that you're doing the way you just I don't know I see I see you as a real leader for a lot of young artists so right. I appreciate that and uh, we we have a couple connections because uh, last year I got to go to NCYC the National Catholic Youth Conference uh, with Catholic University which is where I went and your cousin Patrick who plays drums with yep. you he was part of the worship yep. band so I got to I got to practice with him and fly out to Long Beach with him and spend a whole week yeah. doing he was on our Justin Bieber episode he he's a deep kid he shared some like Dude, really deep things on there yeah and a great My drummer for, yeah, yeah yeah and, and he's self-taught like he, yeah I I uh yeah self-taught I mean it was kind of a last minute I had two drummers cancel on me for a show here in the Twin Cities, and it was a pretty big show. It was like 2,000 kids mm-hmm. and 2,000 people. And I was like, man, I really need a drummer. So I was like, hey, bro, if I fly you out here, like, you think you can learn my songs in time? And he uh-huh. just, he went to town. Like, his yeah. parents were texting me, like, he hasn't stopped drumming every single day. <laughs> like, he works so hard. Yeah, he's and, re- um, really good. He's got really good instincts. Like, I've, wor- I've worked with a lot of drummers, and he's... He's a real deal. He's a real deal. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Um, and something I really appreciate about you that like kind of first like made me notice you was your live show. And I know you, you played at Catholic U just a few months back. And yeah. um I guess it was this it was it was last year at their at their Cardinal Palooza. Yeah, this time last yeah, year. Yeah, Cardinal yep. Palooza. Yep. And uh little known fact, when I was at Catholic U, I was part of the group that first started Cardinal Palooza. <laughs> so that was kinda cool to, to I'm see. indebted to you. Yeah, uh, thank you for there you that. Go. Show. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so um but yeah, just you have like smoke machines and lights and you like bring it all with you. It's just, okay. yeah, not a lot of people are doing what you're doing. I just, I, I see the, the dedication that you bring to your craft and to your live show and just everything you're doing. So I appreciate you, man. Oh, thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Anything else you need to tell us about before we dive into this? Um, no, let's go. All right, I'm let's pumped. do it. So two artists we wanted to talk about today. One, Machine Gun Kelly. He's one of the biggest artists of the last few years. He started off more as a rapper and then has his last album, uh, Tickets to My Downfall, was very much influenced by pop punk. He w- he produced it with Travis Barker from Blink-182, who played drums, uh, I think, on the pretty much the whole album. And it has a, like very much recalls back to the early 2000s with Fallout Boy and Blink-182 
182 and Panic at the Disco and all those all those pop punk bands. And it's it's kind of a, a really cool mashup of those two different types. And then there's this rapper NF who I was first made aware of by my students back when I was teaching a few years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always asking them, what do you listen to? What do you listen to? And so many of them were like, oh, NF, you got to listen to this guy. And I started listening to him and was like, oh my gosh, this guy's flow is ridiculous. <laughs> He's just, yeah. And they, they have a lot in common. Like they're both these Midwest rappers and you read articles about them and both in both cases, people kind of say like, oh, this is, this is Eminem's legacy here. This is Eminem's yeah. legacy. And, uh, in some ways they're very similar, but in some ways they're very different. So that's why I kind of wanted to put them in juxtaposition today. We've done a couple episodes like this uh, where we, we talk about two artists. We talk, When Brian Greenfield was on, we talked about Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande and two of their songs. Oh, cool. Um, and so – and. Uh, we also did an episode with Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran comparing two of their albums. So this is another one of those kind of episodes that we're doing. So um, – Let's just talk before we get into some of the themes that they they both cover from different perspectives. I kind of want to talk about just just their artistry. Um, what do we like and what don't we like about these two artists? Maybe we can start with uh, Machine Gun Kelly. One of one of my favorite things about so fun fact: I'm originally from Cleveland, and Machine Gun Kelly is a Cleveland, Ohio native. Nice. Um, We've never run into each other, unfortunately. <laughs> He's never asked me to collaborate. You know, it's never, we haven't. Uh, uh, there's no friendship forming there. Yeah. But um, I, you know, he, what I'm becoming more convicted of as, as I get a little bit older in my artistry is to write what I want to write mm-hmm. um, and write from the places in my heart that I feel convicted about writing from. You know, I think there's mm-hmm. such a temptation to to write for radio or to write, in to you know a, a hit song comes out, so then everyone tries to mimic that sound. Like Chainsmokers changed music. Like when Chainsmokers sure. came out, pop music all just went in that direction. And what one of what I've loved about Machine Gun Kelly, for better or for worse, is he's just always done his own thing. Like he started out as basically kind of an uh, an Eminem type rapper, and then totally went crazy pop punk. Like mm-hmm. even in his look, yeah. like out of nowhere, it was like all of a sudden his whole brand was pink and he was slamming on the electric guitar. And you're like, where did this come from? You know? And my guess is he found a whole new audience and double tripled his numbers and sales. And you know, like you could just, but it's cause he wanted it's what he wanted to do. And uh, so just he, his example again, for better, or for worse has shown me like there are no boundaries mm-hmm. in music and you can, you can take music and lyrics and visual brand and all those things anywhere you want and you'll find an audience for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't really pay attention to him until he got more into the pop punk stuff. And one one of my guilty pleasures is uh, what I what I call frat boy emo, <laughs> which is like emo that's just, is just like they're totally down on themselves and they're, they're kind of debaucherous, but like like all time low is is kind of in that vein. Fall Out Boy's a yeah. little bit there, um, and. Machine Gun Kelly kind of satisfies that same thing within me. I don't know what it is, but it's just like total guilty pleasure yeah. of mine. These people that are like their life choices are terrible, <laughs> but I just like their music. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, um, I so I love I love the pop punk aesthetic. Also, like his flows are pretty darn good. Like he has some he has some oh, man. some songs where yeah, like he really can rap. So I really appreciate that about him as well also just be he's a really tall lanky guy so he's another tall lanky guy i appreciate that <laughs> yeah so. here's the one thing i can't get behind is his fashion choices oh, I, yeah. I think it was the the grammys he just showed up with some like insane like 
looked like he had icicles like falling off of him or something. That. And I, I was like, that. man, dog, I can't. Come on. Well, uh-huh. Yeah, like him and him and Megan Fox. I think he's he's dating or married to or something with Megan Fox, and like the two of them are just kind of ridiculous. Like they wear each other's blood on a necklace or something like that. Like yeah. it's just it's a little it's weird. It gets weird. Yeah, it gets real weird. But uh, yeah, the fame, man, it gets to people. Uh, All right, what about yeah. what about NF? Um, I, you know, one of the things that I have come to appreciate most recently about NF is his ability to sing. Yeah. And, I, and I'm fine. And I'm finding that in a lot of rappers, mm-hmm. like it's becoming a trend where it's like, holy smokes, these rappers are like actually trained musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they put on this front of like, you know, I'm just a rapper and there's this like edgy kind of cool vibe or hood vibe or whatever. And then you like learn more about them. Like, and they're like, like legit professionally trained musicians like yeah. uh, jason derulo he's not a rapper but so he's good. at the top of the but he he's a trained opera singer like he grew up uh, you know professionally trained as an opera singer uh-huh. and he's this like you know culturally at the, at the front of culture pop singer you would never guess that with the image he puts on and so um nf the more nf leans into his singing uh i love it and then i think i mean i think everyone could agree that his ability to write songs that process life in almost like real time. Like you follow his lyrics and you're like, I'm following his train of thought as Mm -hmm. he's dealing with like really deep wounds and hurt and pain. And it's just like, how are you making all this rhyme? Like, it's just, (laughs) I mean, it it is crazy how you just feel like you're in his head. And um, I don't think a lot of people can do that with their lyrics. It's so like, he's so good. Like I, I understand why people, I think his voice is some part of this, but I understand why he reminds people of Eminem because he has that, oh, that same. We we did an episode on Eminem with uh, Jeremy Flick uh, about a year ago, but um, yeah, NF just uh, you're absolutely right. The way he raps, it's just like somebody's talking to you. Like it's it's easy to listen to it, and then you're like, wait a minute, he's rhyming all of this. It's it's, yeah. it's crazy. So well, uh, not and I have friends who aren't who aren't real big hip hop fans and they listen to NF cause they're like, it's legitimately like a therapy session. Yeah. They're like it. I'm listening to my, the voice in my own head process. Some things I've gone through that he's gone through and they're mm-hmm. like, it's like healing for me to listen to some of his music, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, and he just had a new album come out and I, I kind of expect, I, or I'm, I'm hoping that this kind of blows up for him, you know, cause he's, he's right. not like a household name yet, but I think he deserves to be, you know? So, which is crazy. Like you think of it just, it's crazy. I mean, maybe we'll get into this more later, but it's crazy what it takes to become a household name. I don't think yeah. people understand like MS just announced a world tour, like yeah. he's playing stadiums mm-hmm. like across the world and he's mm-hmm. not a household name yet. It's like, yeah, but there's that many people out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's wild. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said about he's getting more into singing. I've noticed that too. And I wonder. I wonder if that's like some of Drake's influence and like some of reggaeton's yeah. influence because a lot, a lot of the reggaeton rappers like they they sing and like Bad Bunny and yeah. and so forth. So yeah, uh, J Balvin too. So yeah, very cool, very cool. One uh, of the things it, I think that dri- go I was ahead. gonna say one of the things I think that drives that is radio. Yeah, like if you can come, the more like pop melodies you can put in your songs, the better mm-hmm. chances they have. Like his one song that really put him on the map. Um, let you down, right? I think yeah. that's what it was. That mm-hmm. was kind of the first single that popped off for like everybody, even mm-hmm. like the kind of secular world was like, "Holy smokes, who is this kid?" Mm-hmm. And that had just such a catchy, singable hook, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I I notice rappers singing more as they're chasing kind of like pop radio melodies in yeah. their songs. And if you don't need to pay Rihanna to sing your hook, it's a little a little easier to do. That's right. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's good. One thing I I will say, you, you were talking about 
Machine Gun Kelly's fashion. Uh, one thing that just, like kind of skeezes me out about him is he, just, like I said, it's kind of like frat boy emo. Like it, um, like he just he just gives me like kind of a skeezy kind of scummy feel. Like I don't know if you saw that Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Timothy Chalamet and Pete Davidson where they're like they're they're pretending to be rappers and they're just like skirt skirt yeah drop that yeah. skirt like. I, I very clearly think they're they're parody, parodying um, Machine Gun Kelly. Like if you listen, <laughs> he, he has a song called A with Lil Wayne where he's just yeah. like A A A, you know. And I was like, that is that is the skit from SNL, <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. You know, what does hip hop mean to you? Oh, it's just about that skirt, skirt. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's kind of the vibe I get from him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, anything else about uh, artistically before we dive into some of these themes? I mean, the other thing I love about NF is I I just so appreciate when you care about the smallest details from the beginnings of a song until the, it's out in the world. And if you look at NF's whole brand, right, he has not broken his brand. Just now with this new record, he's kind of like switching the brand into this, into hope, you know, mm-hmm. and now like the clothing's a little bit brighter, the visuals are a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think uh stories are what change people songs don't really change people it's stories that change people Ooh. and when you can figure out when you can figure out how to tell a story with your songs that's mm-hmm. when it's like the magic starts to happen and then when you can make that story stretch across everything right like your your presence on socials your music videos your lyric visuals all these things and i just think nf has just nailed that yeah um, that, and, uh, that hope music video oh it's so good so good oh. yeah yeah. yeah, go go watch go watch like pa- pause this. Go watch Seriously. the Hope music video and then like come back. Just it's at first like there, there's just parts where it's like what 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 just happened? What did I see? You know, it's it's really cool. So um, really like it. All right, cool. Well, let's dive into some of these uh, themes. So basically, how we're gonna do this, listeners, is we're gonna we found some common themes between these two artists. And we're gonna take a song from Machine Gun Kelly, a song from NF, and kind of compare and contrast how they tackle these different themes so the first theme is just kind of like how you deal with the suffering and the pain and the challenges of life so uh this song by machine gun kelly is from the bright soundtrack it was that that movie with uh will smith where it's like elves and orcs but in modern day uh which most people hated i kind of liked but this song from it i think is really good um and so i'll, I'll read some lyrics here and then uh, you you can jump in when when you when you when you feel like it, or I'll just keep talking. <laughs> so it's talking about home, a place where I can go to take this off my shoulders, a place where I can go, someone take me home. Um, so it's talking about just like struggling, getting knocked out of his position, interrupting his vision. Um, so just kind of being part of the grind of life. I think he's talking professionally, but I also think he's talking personally about just struggling through just the normal things, you know, self-doubt that we all, that we all go through. Um, and this part at the end that just really strikes me, strikes me, or I'm sorry, this part in the middle, he says, tell me why the world never fights fair. And sure. I think probably everybody, at least I know I have, there's times when I'm going through stuff in my life or marriage or school you know, trying to figure out where God's calling me and it's just not fair. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, when you forget, you forget that. I think oftentimes from a, from a uh, Christian perspective, you can feel like 
these people are part of the problem, right? Like Machine Gun Kelly is part of the culture, part of the world, part mm-hmm. of the quote unquote problem of like the world's not fair. And and then you just you start you really start to listen to these songs and you're like, oh my gosh, they're they're feeling it too. You know, mm-hmm. they're like they're really in it. And the line that the line that rocked me was a few lines before that where he just said, I still ache from trying to keep pace. Ooh. And you think someone like him who's at the top of the game, you know, top of culture, making music and all this stuff, he's dying on the inside. I mean, that's what these songs are. They're a cry for help. Like he says, Mm -hmm. I still ache from trying to keep pace. Like he feels like he's not enough. Mm -hmm. And that he, you're like, how could you feel that with where you're at? You know, not that we're defined by our successes, but, um, so it's just an insight. Like this song, I love this song and love the hook. Talk about like a melodic singable hook, you know, um, well, I, but I, even everything. Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I love what you said about how even though he's so successful, he still like wants more. He's like, what's the next thing? Because yeah. you, you can lose it all. And I, I've even heard like Taylor Swift, who's like the biggest artist in the world, probably for the past 15 years. Like the next album, is it going to let people down? You know, like once you got right. it, can you keep it? Can you surpass it? Is this as good as it gets? Is this the best I'm ever going to do? You know, and there's. I think it shows some of the emptiness of not that we shouldn't have dreams, but it's kind of kind of some of the the emptiness of professional dreams is that 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 can only fulfill you so much. I remember I had a, yeah. um, my favorite teacher in high school, my history teacher senior year is Mr. Linda Kugel, and he said, you know, when I was young, I was like, man, if I could just make X amount of money, I think we'd really be set. And then he's like, then a few years later, I made X amount of money. And I was like, oh, man, if I just made like Y amount of money. And then it's like, a few uh, years later, I made Y amount of money. He's like, and I realized maybe it's not the money. <laughs> maybe it's not yeah. the money that's that's the issue. And not that you don't need a certain basic amount to live, but I've always remembered that lesson that whenever there's something I really want, I really want, I really want, think about like, well, what happens when you get it? What happens yeah. when you get it? And a, a spiritual act, a director um, asked me this once. He said, what would be enough? I was talking about like a relationship in life where just like I didn't I didn't feel loved by the person. And I was like, man, like, I just I wish they would just give me this or this sort of affection or this sort of attention and that sort of thing. And he said, well, what would be enough? And that question was like, oh, you know, I don't yeah, think it would ever you know? be enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. It's so I mean, we all feel it. Right. And I think that's we can we can separate like god in the world sometimes unintentionally and it's like hey we're all feeling we all have the same ache and desire right mm. myself and you and machine gun kelly right now like if you look at the the last couple lines of this song i don't know if i'm jumping too far no, ahead, go, go but he says it. he says i found no cure for loneliness i found no cure for sickness nothing mm. here feels like home crowded streets but i'm all alone like man like I, my heart breaks for this dude yeah well you know? and like, i feel a, i feel like that could be like those could be like hillsong lyrics you know, yeah. there could be Hillsong worship lyrics where, you know, nothing in this world will satisfy me. Right. Nothing here feels like home. Like how many Christian songs are there where they talk about the, you know, a longing for God or a longing for heaven as a longing for some place where it feels like home. And yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think you're right. Like this yearning inside and this sense that something's not right, this sense that right, something's right. not fair here. Um, you know, in Christians, we call that original sin. You know, the idea right. that, uh, you know, he talks about a cure for the sickness. Like that's that's what original sin, that's how it's described in the Bible. It's described as like this this sickness that like infected yeah. 
the world. You know, we talk about sins like our actions, those are personal sins, but then we, when we also talk about it, like Jesus came, the Lamb of God came to take away the sin of the world. It's not just talking about bad actions that you and I do through our free will, but it's talking about this, this disease that which has seemed to infect not just us, but like even all of creation. Like why do we live in a broken world if there's a good God? And the broken world part of that, I think is like empirical, like you can't deny it. <laughs> you can't deny that the world's not fair. And, um, you know, C.S. Lewis often says that for a long time in, in, in his life, he was an atheist because he looked at the world and said, it's not fair, so how can there be a good God? And that's why he thought there was a no, no good God. And then at right. some point he thought, was like, well, if there's no God and this is all just like random particles smashing into each other, then like, what does it even mean for things to be fair and unfair? And the fact that within me I find this longing for something true and, and good, and it's not just, I don't just think it's like my preference. Like, I think there actually is this real goodness and truth and beauty. Like, there must be something higher. There must be something good. There's a, a, a Switchfoot song called The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. It's oh, like yeah. the fact that we, we see these shadows, it proves there is sunshine somewhere. If, if there was no sun, we wouldn't even recognize the shadows. We wouldn't even recognize right. that things weren't fair. But the fact that we recognize the unfairness, like that's the little glimmer of God that is still that image of God within us saying, this isn't how it's meant to be. It wasn't supposed to be this way. And there really is a hope out there. Um, and so yeah. e- even within Machine Gun Kelly, even though he, he seems to end this song in despair, like there's... Somewhere in his heart, he knows there's something better, you know? Yeah. 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 I love that. All right. He, I, we I, we kind of jump past this, but he even, I mean, he even acknowledges, like, the enemy, right? He says, and if I have any, any enemies, give me the strength to look the devil in the face and make it home safe. I'm like, dang, bro. Yeah. You know? So he's in it. He's really in it with this song. I yeah, love it. For sure. It's, it's funny how people can recognize even people from a non-Christian perspective, like they can recognize the devil. And I think like there are people that believe in the devil that don't believe in God because they they recognize that there's, there's this evil force out there. That's not really me. It's not just coming from me. There, there's something like kind of out to get me, you know? And, um, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. They, they need to give a name. They need to give a name and a face to the evil. mm -hmm. So there's, so they have something to kind of fight against, Mm -hmm. but they're slower to give a name and a face to the answer. Because Ooh. they want the answer to be, you know, money or success or people, you know, a, sp- a, a spouse, friendship, relationship, you know, but like the, I don't know why, why turning up and turning out and turning towards the Lord is, I feel like in culture, a sign of weakness, yeah. you know, when it's really the ultimate strength and you're quicker to acknowledge the devil than you are to acknowledge God, you know? Wow. Yeah. I th- I've, I've often gotten that critique for you know from some students who are trying to trying to push back on me when I was a religion teacher just just like some some friends who are skeptical of faith <clears throat> or excuse me or or atheists and they say well you know faith is faith is a crutch you know you need that because you're weak and I'm like yeah yeah it's totally <laughs> yeah, exactly. a crutch I'm totally weak and I totally need it you're absolutely right and I think if you think you don't there's probably some introspection that needs to happen there. Yeah. <laughs> so, because yeah, I don't know, real. I don't know anyone who hasn't been here where this song takes us longing for that home. You know, I think that's yeah. that's common to the human experience. Um, I, I love this line where he says, "All these miles, feet, and inches—they can't add up to the distance that I've been through just to get to a place where there's even if there's no closure, 
I'm still safe. Even if there's no closure, I'm still safe. I still ache from trying to keep pace. Somebody give me a sign. I'm starting to lose faith. How did all my dreams turn into nightmares? So I think he's talking about faith there just kind of in a, in a general sense. But I think yeah. it really can. Like, I don't, I don't mean to, the way I'm talking about like the troubles of life and the shadows prove the sunshine. I don't mean to trivialize anyone's, what they're going through. Because that does that's make me, you know, those things do make me question God too sometimes. You know, I think that's, that's yeah. real. And we see that in the Bible. You know, yeah, um, yeah. We see the the disciples and the apostles. They they doubt. You know, yeah. We even see. I mean, my sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. You know, I believe how my unbelief. You know, like I can't tell you how often I'm praying. I'm praying that. Yeah. Um, it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, in that song A, we were talking about before with uh, Lil Wayne. I think we we see Machine Gun Kelly talks a lot about drugs, and uh, we'll get into this a little bit more. But also like sex, he, he, like he sees it kind of as an escape, as like a quick mm -hmm. fix for this brokenness that he feels. So he talks about, um, yeah, I let the medicine in. I I know it don't help in the end. I got depression again. I had a meeting at seven. I skipped it and slept in and woke up at seven p.m. I cut off my hair like Britney. I sprinkled dust like a pixie. I wiped my nose like it's itchy. I'm tatted up. I don't give an f and. So he, the place he goes from here is just kind of to escape it all. And, and, and that line where he says, I want to get to a place, even if there's no closure, I'm still safe. And I think those things can give you a temporary sense of feeling safe. All right, this mm -hmm. one night stand, at least I'm going to feel wanted for a little while. You know, yeah. this, this drink that I'm taking or this drug that I'm doing, at least it's going to take away the pain for a little bit. You know, and I, yeah. I think that is kind of a, a a key element in addiction is when we start to s settle for the like the quick fix, you know, and then yeah. once we get into it, we even if we recognize that that's not the answer. Now we're like so chained to it. It's really hard to get out. We, like we need we need help to get out of it. You know, um, now NF, I think. I want to talk about his song, The Search. This is the, I started with a oh. little bit of this, the cold open. And again, that idea of the search. And I feel like this is, this is where the catechism starts. You know, the catechism, the Catholic church starts with like within every person's heart, there's this longing for God. There's this search for something more, this deeper. So I love that, that title of the search. Um, and this is definitely one of those songs where it's like processing therapy and like your emotional interior life just in real time um let's talk a, a bit about this song was there anything from this song you wanted to focus on first i mean again this is like such a great example of just like he just takes you on a on a journey just like as he's thinking about his life um yeah and and i get lost and I, I you know i probably nerd out too much on this but just like rhyme scheme as a rapper like it's just the way they you know nf puts together his lines and the way he can kind of cram a bunch of lines in and that don't rhyme but then one rhymes and it feels like it all rhymes. like mm -hmm. it's just it, you know i i him and macklemore to me are two artists that i like really try to study because mm. i just love their delivery they're very different yeah. macklemore's a little more slow but he still does some similar things like nf mm -hmm. um but uh you you had this line pulled out too and i i really like it and i think i missed it the first time i listened to it before i actually like read the the lyrics but mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I pack my car, take a new route, clean up my yard and get the noose out, hang up my heart and let it air out. And I've, I never really, I heard the noose line and assumed it was 
you know, assume probably where a lot of people's head would just go is like, oh, are you are you contemplating like you're on death here? Yeah. Are you like struggling? But then it was like it's it's this um he just gets edgy. It's like an edgy lyric. Like I'm gonna get the noose out to hang up my heart and let it air out. And I hear I read this lyric and I'm like, oh, I would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like this idea of like giving my heart a break from the pressure and the and all the things I'm trying to decide between my life like if you could hit pause essentially what he's saying is like can I just hit pause for a little bit yeah and just like have a breather and I read that line and I was like man everybody needs that everyone just needs a big deep breath you know let it all air out and I think that's what Machine Gun Kelly is chasing with you know sprinkling dust like a pixie and these broken relationships he's he's seeking just a moment of reprieve and Mm -hmm. I like I think our faith shows us a deeper way that, you know, that happens through prayer, that happens through community. There's a reason one of the great commandments that God gave us is to have a Sabbath, right? To take time right. for rest and to yeah, so I and I, I know uh, you posted something just a few weeks ago about the importance of Sabbath and rest. Oh man. And I was that like really that really struck me. Can you tell tell us a little bit about that? Dude, yeah, God is just rocking my world right now um, with rest. Like, I, I am a, I don't think I'm a workaholic because that makes it in a negative sense, but I, I love working mm-hmm. because I love what I do and I love creating and I love trying to, like, I just love trying to be used in, in my gifts. And, and so sometimes I just can't stop. And, mm-hmm. um, and we, uh, man, how, where do I even go with this? Um, I had to, how, how did yeah. this how did how did this come to you as like this is how did this come to be on your heart that like Sabbath is like a theme I need to I need to focus on for a little bit? Uh, a couple a couple things. One, we're making a transition in in our life as a family to full time music. So uh-huh. I, I'll I'm leaving my full time job to go all in on my artistry. And as as we've been praying about that, it's like God has been saying this is actually going to be a restful season for you because I've been working a nine to five and then grinding it out in the evenings and uh-huh. the early mornings as an artist. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like I'm gearing up for like the hardest season of my life. Like get out there be playing shows, making enough money to support my family. God has just been like, nope, dude, like some way we're going to make this work where you actually get to rest in this next season of life. And uh-huh. so that's one thing, but I had to give a talk to a bunch of creatives and musicians a couple of weeks ago. And, um, I was diving into creativity in the Bible and like, what does God say to us as creative people? And I started obviously with the creation story and it just, God rocked my world with it. He just like made it so clear that he didn't need to rest. I think as I read that story, you're like, oh, of course God needed to rest. Like he spent six days making the world. He must've been tired. And I was just like, it just kind of hit me over the head. Like he didn't need to rest. He modeled it for us. Yeah. Um, and, and as I was praying into that, God said very audibly to me, Connor, you think you can accomplish more with your work than I can accomplish with your rest. Oh, and say, say that, that again. Say that again, real quick. God said to me, Connor, you think you can accomplish more with your work than I can with your rest? Wow. And I mean, that literally changed my life. It was like, Lord, you're saying that I, you're commanding me to rest, and in my rest, you're going to do more with my time than if I stayed up those extra two hours or worked a full day on Sunday or whatever. Like you'll actually do the work behind the scenes to network for me, to do the connections for me, to, you know, whatever. Um, And so I'm really trying to lean into that. Like I'm really trying to rest more and rest to me is fully an act of trust. Because you're saying by by shutting my computer down, closing out Instagram, putting my songwriting books away, I'm saying, God, I trust you with this time, you know? Wow. 
Um, yeah, that's a real act. So, of, that's a real act of surrender. Cause I, I know, I know my instinct and the instinct of a lot of people is like, I gotta, I gotta control this. If, if I don't make this happen, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> like nobody's going to do it for me. Like, I don't want to be lazy. 100%. I want to be, I want to, you know, I want to be used. I want God to use me for my gifts and I want to be a good steward with my gifts. You know, Jesus talks about that, but man, that to, to do it with a, to, to take a time of rest, not in a spirit of I'm giving up just like exasperated. I can't do it anymore or, or laziness, a spirit to do it with a spirit of surrender where it's like, I could mm-hmm. keep working and there's a part of me that wants to keep working, but God, I entrust this to you, man. That's a, uh, that, that's some real wisdom there. <laughs> that's some real oh, wisdom. Man. Well, I'm trying to live it. It's I'm a really challenge. Trying to live it. It's a real challenge. Yeah. Well, and it, and, it, and it was, you know, it was for the, the, the Israelites too, when they first got this commandment, because if you don't work on the Sabbath day, then that's one less day you're farming your crops. Like that could, that could mean that your family doesn't eat as much, you know, like that. And, and with us today, if we don't work on, if we take time to rest rather than work, that means less, less money and less control over what's happening in our life. So yeah, man, that's really powerful. Um, sure. I wanted to go back to that idea of, of hanging up, hanging up our heart because one of the things that I've gone back to again and again and again in the scriptures is in Ezekiel. I think it's it's like 36, 38, somewhere in there where he says, or God says to Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and place my law within you and not a heart of stone, you know, being hard hearted like Pharaoh was. There's so many times in the Bible where it says, you know, if you hear the voice of God, harden not your hearts. He says, I will not, I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart. To like right. receive the Lord. And that's been my prayer so many times that just like, Lord, I need it. I need a new heart. Like I'm, I'm hardened and I'm jaded. Lord, give me a, a new heart. And, um, Jeremiah, there's a, and I think it's 31. There's a similar theme of, he says, you know, I will give you a new law, not written on stone, but now written on your heart. Not like the 10 commandments engraved on stone, but written on your hearts. And here is Nick Delatore, a man of my own heart, delivering me coffee. Thank you so much. Hey. The man who makes it all happen here at Awakening Catholic. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? New hearts. Yeah, very good. New hearts. Yeah. I, I mean, I think in some ways you could say Machine Gun Kelly and NF, and I think this is what you're getting at or asking for that, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. give me a new heart. I'm looking, you know? I'm looking Maybe for a map to hope is what he says. Yeah, yeah. So, very good. All right. Anything else from this one we gotta um, we gotta talk about before we move on to romance? No, we should probably move on, or I'll just get lost in this song because everything about this I song know. is so good. It's, so it's, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, if you have never gotten into NF, I know I know some of you just listen to my show because you like the show and you're you like learning about new artists that you haven't heard before. So if you're not familiar with these guys, NF is like. You've got to go listen to him. He's just yeah. so good. So good. All right. So the next theme that I wanted to talk about was uh, they both talk about romance and relationships. So, and like I said before, it seems like Machine Gun Kelly is try, kind of using, in a lot of his songs, he's using love like a drug, a temporary escape, uh, sure. fighting against the permanent. Like the song I opened with, um, my best friend's ex or my ex's best friend or something. I forget what, what exactly what it's called. But he says, you know, I swear to God, I would never fall in love. And so he's like trying not to fall in love. He's trying not to get attached. He's trying to just have these kind of 
one night stands and use them as a drug. Um, he says in uh, the first song I really knew from him was Bad Things. Uh, was it out of my head? Was it out of my mind? Which is an old fastball song that they redid. I, was that with Halsey? Yeah. I think it was with Halsey. Um, yeah, I think so. But anyway, he says in that song, uh, relationships are complicated. You know, and it's in several other right. songs. Actually, in my, in my, my ex's back, my, I forget the, the one about the ex, the ex girlfriend and the best friend. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but he starts off as like, you know, my ex, and that makes it all so complicated. Like this idea that just love is too complicated for me. Like I'm just, right, we're right, just right. using this, you know, to, to help us escape the, the awfulness of life. But love is too complicated for me. We got to kind of stay detached from that. Um, there's another song where he says, I'm calling you girlfriend now. What the F? You know, like, I can't call yeah. you girlfriend. Like, I want to stay detached from this. And, uh, and there's a song called Bloody Valentine where he uses all these symbols of permanence, tattoos, scars, hands, and wet cement. And he, you can see Ooh. him kind of trying to, to stay away from these bonds that he's forming with these women and trying to reject it because it means that it's 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 going to be permanent. It's going to be complicated, you know. And I think real love, I think it is complicated, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's complicated across the board. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, that that's the point. Is in some ways you're taking two totally different people trying to figure out how do we be together. Yeah. You know, like it's not just a secular world thing that makes love hard. It's like, man, when you start pressing into it, it is difficult. Yeah, it is. And. uh John Paul II has a as a quote, um, our Pope from two popes ago that I I like to I'm paraphrasing it because I don't have it memorized, but it's something about like the real love begins when things get hard. You know, we think yeah. that the real love begins when you really start to just like think about the person all the time. You you like can't stand to be away from them, and you get all the butterflies. And like I, I think we'd probably more accurately call that infatuation. You know, but right. real love that can endure the times when the infatuation goes up and down. Cause that, that happens, you know, like the, yeah. the key to real love is not the strength of your emotions because you can have really strong emotions for each other, like machine gun Kelly and the girls he's talking about. And if you're not good people of virtue who actually know how to sacrifice for each other, what you end up with is two people who are just using each other. And it's, it's so toxic and they can't tear themselves away, even though they're terrible for each other. And, and how many of us, have been in those relationships, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think it's, it's really interesting. He's just fighting against this, this permanence. Well, people are quick to love things. Like, I feel like we draw the line with relationships, you know, like people are, I know tons of people, uh, personally, and just like people I, I kind of follow or see in the world who love hard things, uh -huh. right? Like people who like love weightlifting. Yeah. Like it is their life and it's difficult. They should, they wake up at four 30 every morning, their meal, like their meal plan is insanely dialed in. Like all of these things, it actually is very, very hard and difficult to do. And they love it. Right. Or the grind, right. Like of being a musician or building a business, like people like we're built to do hard things. Uh -huh. And I think people fall, can fall in love with those hard things. But uh -huh. for some reason we draw the line at like people, like when the, when relationships are taking the real work, well, it's not for me or I'm, uh. or it's, it's their fault and it's not mine. And I think it's easy because like the grind can never bite back, right? The weight room never bites back. Yeah. All of these things can never ask us to change. Really? We can just keep being ourselves in them and just keep working harder and harder where yeah. it's like relationships, like you got to change. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Like you and that, that is where I think the, the culture, the culture gets it wrong. It's like, nope, you gotta, you gotta dig in. Actually, heck, forget the culture. I get it wrong. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, I get stubborn. I get selfish. I get lazy and don't want to change mm -hmm. and don't want to, you know, figure it out. Yeah. But, so. but it's interesting because the laziness doesn't look like not working. Right. Right. The laziness actually work looks like working on the wrong thing so that I can yep. avoid the other thing because this thing, my diet, I can control my weightlifting yeah. and my workout. I can control, you know, whereas yeah. My, yeah. my wife, my husband, I can't control that, you know? Right. Um, so I think that a lot of times is, it's a really insidious way that the enemy, the devil, or even just the broken parts of ourselves, uh, you know, however, whatever it's going on in your own soul can, can really yeah. distract us from what, what's good. I love what you say is like, we, there's a part of us that loves to do hard things. And I'm going to, I'm going to get real nerdy here for a second and, and show my, my philosophy minor background. But, uh, Aristotle, when he's describing the soul talks about, there are concupiscent desires, which are like the desires that we have within ourselves for like pleasure and security and like things that are easy. Like we have, we have these desires for these things that like feel good. But he says, there's another part of a soul, our soul that desires, it calls the irascible desires, sure. which we desire to accomplish hard things. It's like the satisfaction you get from like running a marathon or lifting weights. Like you said, like from doing these hard things and accomplishing them. And, you know, in our, in our Christian belief, we believe that because of the sickness of original sin, our desires are all out of whack and they're all disordered in all of us. And so I think it's easy to see the concupiscent side of it where it's like, I want sex too much. I want to drink too much. I want to eat too much. I want to sit around and play video games too much. Like those are, those are the easy things to see as disordered. It can be harder to see the irascible things as disordered because they they're successful. They work for us, right? Like yeah. I can work and I can be so successful and like even, even in my own life, like I, I something that I've been discovering the last few years through spiritual direction and prayer and therapy is that I feel like I, you know, I was kind of insecure as a, as a young boy, but about like 15, 16, I felt like I found my confidence and right. like, I've kind of been like super confident guy ever since then. And I realized within the past few years, I'm actually not that confident. I'm just confident in my ability to get people to like me. Fair. I'm just really good at being personable, at being likable and being like, I, I'm, I'm really good about that at that. And I'm, I'm, I've learned how to do it and that's what I'm confident. In. But if I'm not able to get someone that I care about, or I, I care about what they think of me, whose opinion I care about, if I can't get them to like me. That can really tear me up inside. And like, God's been doing some surgery on my heart where he's like, Hey, like, these are good things in you. Like, it's good that you are, that people like you, that you attract, uh, attract people in, you can kind of have this charisma about you where you can bring people together and you can speak to a lot of people that way. And you can do a lot of good work for me, Mike, but your worth is not found in that. Your worth is still found mm -hmm. in me. And like, that's where your home base needs to be. And then I can use these gifts. But yeah. if these gifts are what you make your God, if you mistake the gift for the giver, then it's going to yeah. make you miserable. And just like we're talking about with Machine Gun Kelly, like you're just going to want more. You're just going to want more. You're just going to want more. Even though, you know, you, you have the, these good relationships, you know, you can have a good marriage and good kids and good friends and be well-respected in your, your field. And it can still not be enough. 
And so I feel like that's been a, a real lesson that the Lord has been teaching me over the last few years. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure how we got on this, but that's where this took me. <laughs> but hey, that's, re that's real, man. One of my favorite, uh, something that I've kind of been building the brand of my music around is this line. The first sweat, one of the first sweatshirts I ever made is I put Dayton Avenue on the front. And this was the early inception of like Dayton Avenue before it was even officially like a label. It was uh -huh. just this small little music company that I started. And it said, uh, I put a, I put a line on the back of the sweatshirt that said, I place my hope in the giver, not in the gifts that I've been given. And, um, that, and it was, it's crazy, man. Like when you have something big on the back of your sweatshirt and you're standing in line at a coffee shop or wherever, like people say stuff or uh -huh. at a bar or wherever we go. And it's been a cool, I'm, I'm developing a new merch line around that. Cause I want that. Like, it's just such a compelling, it's a, what I live by. Yeah. Like it has become a, an anthem for our family of like, Lord, we place our hope in you, not in these gifts, uh -huh. but other people who aren't ready to see that and they see it and it's i've had some really cool conversations or just like people are like thank you for wearing that you know and um <laughs> so it's been it's been cool but i feel you like that is that's the ultimate day in and day out from sunrise to sunset what i what i'm doing battle against is placing hope in myself uh -huh. over in and who god is yeah so man can you can you say it one more time what's on the sweatshirt yeah i i place my hope uh, I place my hope in the giver, not in the gifts that I've been given. Man, are you selling that? Uh, not yet. Not yet. All right, man, what do you do? <laughs> give it to us, and we'll we'll Let's give us go. give us the link, and we will uh, we'll put it in the show notes. All right, that's good, I man. Will. Yeah, because people, we we need that. I feel I feel like I need to like pull a memento and tattoo that backwards on my chest, so that when I look in the mirror in the morning, I can like see, see it, it and read it. You see it? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. We need to do a memento episode at some point. That movie's so good. Um. All right, so I. I wanted to talk about some of the. Uh, I'm, I'm skipping a skipping a little bit here because we we've gone deep on a couple of these questions, which which is fine. But yeah. some, sometimes my episodes we talk about a lot of different things, and sometimes we get going really deep on one thing, and we kind of focus there, and some of the other things don't get talked about. And that's that's fine for me. That's the Holy Spirit working. But I wanted to, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you specifically, Connor, is there's this song by NF, the motto where he says, and I think it was one of the new ones, he says, I could write a record full of radio songs, do a bunch of features that my label would love, do a bunch of features that I don't even like just to build up the hype. I could sell my house and move out to LA, get inside of rooms with the biggest of names, hire 50 people just to give me advice on the way I should write. Yeah. I feel like you have, and I know I know this is a struggle. I know this doesn't come easy to you, but just when, I, when I've heard you talk, on your you were you were on a podcast for a while full-time dreamer and just like this the one which you post on instagram and just the lyrics of your songs like this this screams connor flanagan to me like sure. just the idea that of of success and what success means nf says in another place um what's my definition of success listening to what your heart says standing up for what you know is right while everybody else is tucking their tail between their legs. What's my definition of success? Creating something no one else can. Being brave enough to dream big. Grinding when you're told to just quit. Giving more when you've got nothing left. It's the person who will take a chance on something they were told could never happen. It's the person that can see the bright side through the dark times when there ain't one. Um, I could keep going. This whole song is so good. Yeah. <laughs> ain't afraid oh, to walk man. away from profit. Like, I, I don't know. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the, the, the sense that I get from you is that like this is the sort of person you are and are trying to be and are trying to help sure. other artists 
become and trying to help other young artists be like, Hey, don't, don't chase that chase this. This yeah. is the real search. Um, yeah. can, can you, is, is, am I, am I, am I reading you right? Like, is this your heart? Yeah. 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 Can you yeah, talk about how, I, how'd you get to this place? You know, I don't, someone else just recently asked me that on a podcast and I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know how I got here. I, um, my desire has been when I was, when I really, so I, I had a band in middle school. I played instruments my whole life, blah, blah, blah. But really like college is when I started, when God kind of like started giving me songs to write in uh-huh. prayer and I started writing and then people started listening. You went to, my you went to Franciscan, yeah? Yep. Went yeah, to Franciscan okay, gotcha. University and, um, and had like a cool kind of cool beginnings to my music career of, I was doing something different. I was rapping over an acoustic guitar, so a lot of people would ask me to play at events. When in a, in a school full of worship leaders and singer songwriters, <laughs> I was doing something different. So I had a lot of opportunities to play, and um, I just started to realize. I started looking for help. I just started being like, "Okay, I have this like dream of being a musician. Like, how do I do it? Who do I call? Who do I talk to?" And um, there was nobody. There's like no one who could kind of be the half who is like, who could, who I could talk to be like, Hey, if I want to be like, uh, you know, Toby Mac, Macklemore, Machine Gun Kelly, NF, who, who do I talk to now that can point me in the right direction? Who can teach me how to spend my money correctly, save my money correctly, network correctly, all these things. And there's nobody. And so I just, for me, I just, my heart has come alive to be that person for like 18 year old Connor. Yeah. I feel like I'm at the halfway point of where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm building relationships in the industry. I'm getting connected. I'm shows are getting bigger. My songwriting's getting better. Uh-huh. And I just, I want to, whatever I can do. And this has probably been detrimental to me because I don't, I don't, I haven't figured out a way to monetize it because I don't really want to. I yeah. just, I just have such a heart for like where I was at when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I just look for those people now. Like if you, Call me, text me, DM me. Like how, like what can I do to share anything of what God has done with my journey to aid you in yours? And uh-huh. um, I agree. Art as artists, we chase so many. We will go anywhere that looks like we'll get the next connection. We will uh-huh. go anywhere that looks like it'll get us an X, X number of streams on a song, and uh-huh. um, we'll go anywhere. But um, as as I don't know, as Christine Kane would say, the dark room. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, she's a she's a prominent uh christian uh pastor and speaker and and she talks often about like are we willing to go into the dark room a quiet place with god to do the real work and that's what i'm trying to do now and then share that work um with artists and and even that's kind of expanded for just creatives because i've seen the creative world is just crippled by Mm -hmm. fear yeah and i just think it's ridiculous i just think it's absolutely ridiculous and i think our world like I actually think the biggest poverty right now in our world is that uh, people are not becoming who they were made to be. And uh-huh. that starts with dreams. That starts with gifts. That starts with talents. Um, like we get so caught up in not making enough money, embarrassment, insecurity. And so we, we kind of step into normal nine to fives. We step into regular family life. We step into whatever and chase, start chasing the wrong things. Some of those things are still good things. Yeah. Right. You can chase good things and it not be what God wants for you. Mother. And all along, there's this little thing in your heart that's dying where you're like, man, I never gave that a shot. Uh-huh. You know, I never did this thing. And why? Because I was afraid. Uh-huh. And um, I just want to dedicate my life. And, and Katie, my wife, feels similarly like our family. We just want to put everything on the line to say, how can we be a witness of not being afraid? Uh-huh. Um, so, man, that that 
that I love that mentality of just like a whole family being like, God, use us. Even if that means, you know, a smaller house or we have to scrimp here and there, like, and, and families do it in all sorts of ways. Like uh, your, your family is doing it through this devotion to your art. And I, I know other families that like, so one, one of my best friends, um, he's a dad, you know, he works the nine to five and he's, he's doing great, great, great work. Like he, his, his job like helps people every day. But, you know, he, he and his wife are good friends of mine. And, and both of them have said to me, it's like, man, you're doing such good work. Like you get to do these events, you do this podcast, you get to talk to all these cool people and make the networks. You're like, you're really making a difference. And like, you're just living radically. And I'm like, do you not realize that you have like six kids and like, you're both work? Oh, like man. you are also like living radically, you know, <laughs> and yeah. you won't get yeah. thou- thousands of downloads on, on a podcast, but like, Actually, what you're doing is probably more important than what I'm doing. Amen. Um, yeah. And like that, by going deep in that. And so I, I say that because I, I know as creatives, like there, there's certain there's certain creative people where it's just like, there's that dream and that spark. And you, you got to find a chance to like, just give it a shot, to give it all you got Fair and good. go for it. Um, but th- there's there's other people where it's 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 not that, it doesn't look like that, you know, and their vocation and their calling looks a little more quote unquote mundane, you know, a little more ordinary. And in an Instagram world, we look, they can look yeah. at that and think, oh, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just raising six kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Yeah. And I think that that comparison game, and I think that this, this is part of what the fear is that you've been talking about. Why do we have so much fear? Because there's somebody out there who's prettier than me. There's somebody out there who's more talented than me. There's somebody out there who's more this, who's more that. And man, like, or they did it first, you know, they had that idea. Oh, I had that idea. Oh, but they're doing it better. And it goes back to the commandments. Like one of the 10 commandments is you shall not covet what your neighbor has, you know, and yeah. why, why does God give us that? It's not just because say, Oh, you got nice shoes. I want those shoes. Like that's not, it. it's when it becomes coveting when you see a good thing that somebody else has and it makes you feel bad about yourself and you start to resent that other person. Right. And yep. that's when, you know, you've stepped over into coveting why does God say we shouldn't do it? Not because it like makes him angry or something, because he knows it's poison for our soul. He knows it just poisons everything. And so I I think that's where a lot of the fear you're talking about comes from. So, yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we, I mean, comparison, this is the other thing, especially in the kingdom of God, it's just so antithetical to who God is. And I actually see it so much in the church world and in people who follow Jesus in the creative world who are, fighting over, you know, gigs in my world, fighting over stage time, fighting uh-huh. over connections and networking and relationships and um, following and numbers and stats. And it's just like, guys, the world is so big uh-huh. and, and God has such a unique plan for you and for me. Yeah. And like, we are better together. Like uh-huh. we're just better together than we are apart. And um, yeah, I, you know, that's, I have, I, I fall victim. And I think the reason I'm so convicted of it is because i fall victim to it every day like i have to do battle every day against comparison and the best way for me to do battle against it is to cheer other people on yeah and i so so that's from like i just got to take that posture because if i don't i know myself well enough i will fall fast like ah they're doing it better you know i'm just gonna give up and um so yeah man i feel that i i i totally feel that and i struggle with it too like so on awakened catholic we have a number of different shows and for most of awakened catholics 
existence, Pop Culture Catechism has been like the most downloaded show, and that makes me feel really good about myself. But some of the other shows have started to do well, and some of them are starting to do better than my show. And for some reason in my heart, the first reaction sometimes is like, well, I got to do, I got to up my game, you know, like, and, and it was like, no, yeah. no, 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 like, that's not only is that awesome, but that's actually good for me, you know, like, if yeah. what's been in Awakened Catholic is good for me, and like, even learn that, what's good for the kingdom is good for me. Oh my uh, gosh, C.S. Lewis says in um, The Great Divorce, he says, like, in heaven, we will have the purity of heart to when we hear someone else singing a beautiful song, we'll be able to take as much pleasure and pride in it as if we were singing it ourselves. And then when we're, yeah. when we're singing the beautiful song, we'll be able to appreciate it as if we were someone in the audience who was like blown away by it. Like we'll have that yeah. level of communion and selflessness. And I think that's, that's the vision of the kingdom for us Catholic creatives is that collaboration, that uh, instead of competition, you know? So right. when we see Connor Flanagan putting out a new single or we see this podcast doing well or we, we see th this thing doing well or we see that family having another kid when you know maybe we've struggled with it or we see that family who doesn't have as many kids being able to go on vacation and we can't because we have so many kids like rather than let ourselves get angry at that like celebrate that like because that that is yeah. the kingdom that's that's a beautiful thing um but it's hard because <laughs> that broken yeah, part well, of our hearts. Who, like who i mean who do we do we i mean really do we serve a god who would put us against each other like uh -huh. you as mike tenney an awakened catholic like you guys winning does not affect me winning. Mm -mm. Like I should be just as excited, like you're saying about uh -huh. like that's freaking awesome. Like I want your dream to come true. Yeah, uh -huh. your dream coming true isn't does not affect uh, mine. Uh -huh. You know, if anything, it helps. Yeah, like right now mm -hmm. we're 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 in a platform together, sharing yeah. our stories. And um, and I the thing that really keeps me grounded in it is if I can't celebrate someone else, then why would I ever expect someone to celebrate me? You know, like. <laughs> Like, why would I ever expect someone to open up Spotify sure. and share my music to socials and tell their friends about it if I can't do it, if I get pissed because somebody else puts out a song that's better than mine? Yeah. You know, like, um, so I don't know, that, that's just giving me a lot of perspective uh -huh. of, like, why would someone come to my show if I'm not cheering them on, too? Uh -huh. Yeah, you know, I, that's really so. wise. What was hard for me is when um, somebody's putting something out that I think is not as good as mine, but is still more popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then my pride really gets going and the devil on my shoulder is really like, rah, 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 you know, yeah. and that's, that's the yeah. moment to really dig in and being like, well, that's, that's serving somebody, you know, praise God that that's yeah. serving somebody, yeah. you know? So, 100%. um, but I feel like even, even in marriages, people do this with each other, even with friends, people do this for each other when, or with brothers and sisters, they do this with each other. When something good happens, like it, that, that, the resentment it can make us feel terrible about ourselves um man we could we could talk forever but before bef before we close I down i want to talk about one of your songs which i think dovetails very well with what we're talking about you put out this song major leagues just a few weeks ago on saint patrick's day and you're like playing yep. the flute like you play the irish flute like i, okay. I play the irish flute. T tell us yep. about this song and then i want to talk about the lyrics and if if, if you want to rap a little you can but you don't have to so um yeah, I mean, I so I grew up in a in a large Irish family and played Irish instruments my whole life, and um, I've always wanted to do some sort of collab with my Irish heritage, which is very important to me, uh, and my hip hop music. And so when I found out that St. Patrick's Day this year was on a Friday, um, Fridays are kind of the industry release day for music. There's all kinds of playlists: New Music Friday, Christian New Music Friday, you know, pop, whatever you name it. And um, 
And so I was like, oh, I got to put on a song for St. Patrick's Day. And I just had this idea of like filming it in a pub and, and like wanted to kind of double down on the Irish, on the Irish vibe. And, um, so I set out to do it. I got with my producer and started playing around on the flute. And we, we, uh, just like, I think my producer knocked it out of the park. Like I, it's I sent super him, cool. huh? I sent him the flute part and was like, Hey, I want to, I just want a beat that just totally slaps over mm-hmm. this flute melody. And it does. And he, I love it. We made a, we made a couple versions of it and he just finally, actually, I think we only made two. This was the second one. And, um, and it, it, yeah, so we made it, filmed the music video, rented an Irish pub for half a day, and and just kind of really doubled down on like the fun Irish vibe of this song. So that's beautiful. Well, tell tell us about the yeah. lyrics. Where's the inspiration of this this song coming from? The ma- major leagues. Yeah, so I the hook I it, the hook came to me just pretty simple one day before I even had um the the music. Like I wrote most of the song before I even had the the uh, the track and. It came out of this place. One, um, I wanted to try to some to write something new stylistically. So I don't have any songs where I don't sing uh-huh. at all. I very I don't I don't think I have any songs where I don't sing at all. Or there's not a singing part, like a, a female vocal on the hook or something. So uh-huh. I was like, I just want to write from start to finish a catchy hip hop song where I just rap the whole thing. So that was kind of the what set this in motion of like the style of the song. Mm-hmm. Um and then the whole song is about what's coming up in life and just like me processing with God, like, Hey, we're about to make this big jump into my music career. Like I can't see the road ahead. And so the, the hook goes, can you tell me how it's going to be? I can't see what's in front of me. So I teeter totter elementary, like go back and forth. I'm like, should we do this? Should we not do this? Um, so, and then it goes, father, please. I pray for some patience and your clarity. Uh, so I can swing for the fences. Like I'm in the major league. So mm-hmm. just like it has been my heart of like, I need patience in this. I need to know, I need clarity of what you're calling us to. And then we're going for it. Like we're going to swing for the fences and see what happens. Um, and then the rest of the song is me just kind of processing that, uh, the journey of being an artist and, and kind of really like writing a song at myself, you know, uh-huh. like holding me accountable to this dream. Mm-hmm. So have you ever, are you familiar with the Thomas Merton prayer? Yeah. So yep. the the Mangor, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. The fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me and you will never fear leave me to face my perils alone. It's like, I, d- I discovered that prayer when I was in high school, like in a random prayer book that my brother had give- given so me good. when he came home from college. And like, that became such a mantra for me through all the drama sure. of high school and college when I was like discerning the priesthood and breaking up with my girlfriend and getting back together with my girlfriend and breaking up with my girlfriend. And like, and like trying yeah. to decide what to do with my life. Am I going to go do a volunteer year? And like that prayer has just come back to me again and again and again. That's, that's totally what your lyrics here yeah um, man i feel like i almost of... ripped that prayer i never even thought of that as i was writing yeah this. <laughs> yeah so i i uh so i don't really release music anymore just because i'm so focused on uh the podcast but i i have a thomas merton prayer song that i've i've written oh, actually, cool. I actually i actually have it recorded maybe i'll release it someday you can if if some of my youtube videos like i use it as like a tag at the end so you can hear a little bit of it but i, I don't know maybe i'll let it out into the world someday so, yeah come on you know what you know what Ethan, you know what we're gonna do that's gonna be the patron exclusive content for this episode so you want to hear my thomas merton prayer patrons that's the that's that's the patron exclusive content for this episode um Let's so go. tell us tell us about 
uh, tell us tell us more about this song that we need to what what parts of it just like really speak to you? Yeah, I mean, I think the middle and first verse, uh, it's funny as I like process a song out loud, I have to read my own lyrics or I'm like, I'll totally forget them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I say uh, chasing dreams so my kids know they can really make believe. And that's like, I mean, that is at the heart of like where Katie and I are as, as a mom and dad to our, our family is like, if how can I ever look at my kids and say, you can do whatever you put your mind to, like if I'm not trying to do that. You know, I just can't live that way. Like, Definitely. I can't look at my daughters right now and be like, I fully believe in, in God's potential in your life and that you can you can set out to do anything if I haven't tried to pave that way. And I and I really believe it. Like, as a father, like, it is my job to not only practically pave that way financially and, and for our family, but, like, spiritually. To, uh-huh. like, create a culture of freedom in my family and not fear and yeah. break down spiritual barriers and spiritual walls that, that may try to close in as as the world closes in, as my kids get older, you know? And so that's really big is like chasing dreams. So my kids know they can really make believe. Honestly, I would rather fail than have a salary. Honestly, I would rather try and give my everything than never be bold and risk it all on what God said to me. Wow. And so that's, that's like, that's the heart of where our family is right now. Um, and then I say, Oh, you say you work in, but you write like maybe once a week. Oh, you say you work in, (laughs) but you never, never post up in the feed. Oh, you say you're working, but you're nowhere with the energy. You got to burn the oil through the night. That's the recipe. Um, and the oil through the night line is is kind of like a has a double meaning. It's one of like, are you willing to put the work in yeah. and grind it out? But also scripturally, like, are you willing to leave the light on? Like, are you willing to to be uh, like awake, waiting upon God to, to really move and work in this place? Right, because there's, um, there's that parable so, of like the virgins waiting for the bridegroom. Right, yeah. and they have to like yeah. have the oil in their lamps or whatever. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's yep. good, man. That's so, real good. So that's the recipe, right? The recipe for success is like you got to work hard, you got to be present. Because I just know mm-hmm. so many artists, it's kind of a call out, like they're yeah. like, yeah, they, like they don't write every day, like mm-hmm. they don't, they're not posting on socials, they're not doing all the stuff that you have to do. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I so, uh, there are a lot of musicians that are way more talented than me that work way less than me, <laughs> just because like, dude, me I, too, man. I return emails and I call you back and I show up prepared and I'm gonna be friendly and uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's I I was the least and I and I I was the least musically talented of all of my friends at Franciscan. Uh-huh. Like I had talk about fear and insecurity. I mean, I was surrounded by insane vocalists worship leaders songwriters who i looked up to who i was playing and then i get my guitar and i just start rapping like a total goofball like i was like who am i like i I can't i can't hold a candle next to all of these people Uh and uh it's none of them wanted it bad yeah i mean Uh everyone kind of says this in the industry of like all you have to do is outlast everybody like Uh if you're willing to stick it out and work hard yeah like you'll make it and i'm really starting to see that come true like there are so many people who are way more talented than uh-huh. I am, who just don't put the work in, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, can, so, can I, can I yeah. point out something else that's really beautiful is the way you talk about your wife, Katie, and the way that she supports you. And like your dream is her dream. And that's sure. that's something that I've seen in my own wife, Maddie, is like, like the reason I, is like, I go out to Ohio a few times a year, which is seven hours from my house, and record these shows, you know, I'm going up, NCYC in Indianapolis and Long Beach. I was just doing a parish mission in New Jersey. And like, she encourages that. She's like, you're awesome at this. And like, people need to hear what you have to say. Like she, 
totally sure. encourages that in me. And I do the same thing for her. Like when she wanted to go back to grad school to get her nurse practitioner degree, like I was working three jobs to make that happen, you know, and then taking care of the kids so that she could study. Um, so I, I just think for, for, for young people, when you're thinking about like the sort of person you want to marry, or if you're discerning marriage with someone like major red flag is when your dreams make them insecure or when yeah. their dreams make you insecure, that's a red flag within yourself. And I think that it's a challenge to become the sort of person who like their dreams, like excite you. And like, you can, you can really, you know, believe and pour into their dreams. And if they can do that for you and pour into your dreams, like, I think that's just, and not having that fear, having that, that, that freedom that you're talking about. So I just, I just want to point that out. Cause I think right. that's really beautiful. Um, yeah. In, in your marriage. And I've seen, I've seen a similar thing in, in my own marriage. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Well, it's, it's, I, I mean, I, I couldn't, I can't emphasize enough how necessary it is. Like in some ways, Katie believes in it more than I do. Yeah. Me, Maddie, know, too. Days, Maddie too. Like, yeah. like I, we wouldn't be making the jump if Katie wasn't like, actually Connor, I think this is what's best for our family. Cause for me as the, as the leader of it, I'm like, I don't like, man, do you know what has to happen? Like how much I have to make a month and like how much I may have to travel. And like, we're going all in. And, and she's like, yeah, but like if the more you press in fully to what God has for you, makes you a better leader of our family and yeah. it creates more freedom for our family. And so like, I mean, she has been, I don't know if we would make, I, I just would yeah. say we would not be making uh, this change. We wouldn't have uh, made the last eight years work if yeah. Katie wasn't like, this is what's best for our family. Yeah. Well, and, and my, my wife has had similar conversations with me and just like, I can, I can like, I, I don't know about you, but like for me, my, like my man's heart, like that is like so super affirming. Like my, my, my wife is like not, yeah. not the most affectionate. Like she's not the one that's just like, Oh, you look so nice. I love you so much. You know, like, she, like that's, that's not her love language. But like yeah. when she, when she tells me like, you know, like, no, you're actually really good at this. And like, this episode is really good. And like, you need to do this. And like, yeah, leave for six days and go do this. Yeah. And I'll handle the kids, even though it's really hard and I'm not going to sleep. Like the fact that she, like, she believes in it more than I do in a way. And like that, that is just like the most affirming and loving thing for me, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. We, we, we need to wrap this up, man. Cause we're, we're just hey. talking. <laughs> so, um, I said to my listeners at the beginning that, I would leave them with some real actionable ways that they could live the gospel. So can you think of just one thing that we've talked about that's kind of your takeaway? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in all of this, uh, something that I've been feeling and um, that I'm seeing in the lyrics and I even feel in my own heart is like, pain is real. Uh. Um, pain is real, but the more you press into why and how and where the pain's coming from, the more freedom you'll find. Oh. And I think we're just seeing that in these songs. And, and I've, I've seen it really for real in my own life this past year of like, when you actually press into the pain, you find real healing and real fulfillment and you find that safe place. You find home that, you know, you find hope. Home that Machine Gun Kelly's looking for and hope that NF is talking about. Um, when you run from that, it, it is a long roundabout, road to get there but if you could go right at it like right at the pain right at the loneliness and figure out why and where and how uh -huh. right on the other side of that even though it's so difficult is the healing and the home and the hope that you've been searching for and so my encouragement for anyone listening to this right now would be i'm sure everyone could think of one thing immediately like if i said where's the pain in your heart you know what is it where is it coming from and are you willing to go at that today 
uh, our gut reaction would be like, oh, no, you yeah. know, but I just want to say like, pray into it. And hopefully this episode has encouraged you in yeah. that. And, uh, cause I really, what you're looking for is on the other side of that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I, I, I think my, your point was so much better than mine. I'm just going to go with yours, but I'm going to add, add a little <laughs> caveat that, um, in digging into it in prayer, but also like a wise spiritual mentor, like a spiritual director, right. maybe a therapist, maybe a mentor, somebody that can help you kind of unpack your heart a little bit. And, um, I, I think that's also very necessary, especially if the wounds are deep. So you really right, need right. to talk that through with some people, but yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful gospel challenge. Uh, Connor, would you close us in prayer? Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. So listeners, viewers, wherever you are, just let's take a moment to pause and to pray. Father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. amen. Come Lord Jesus. Come Holy spirit. Be with us today. Lord, we pray that, um, we could totally surrender our gifts, our talents and our desires, and our dreams to you today. Um, and open up ourselves to be used according to your will, whatever that may be in big ways and in small ways. We pray for the courage to face our own fears, the things staring us down today that we may be running from. We pray for boldness and joy. God, we pray that we would uh, run, run toward you and not away from you in this journey of life. Give us all that we need. We trust in you. We trust in your providence. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Connor, thank you so much. This was such a good conversation. We've been trying to do this for a long time, and I know oh, you're, you're, you're a busy guy, and I just I just appreciate uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate everything that you're doing. If you want to find out more about Connor Flanagan, where should they go? Uh, right now, uh, Spotify, if you want to hear my heart in my music. So Connor Flanagan on Spotify, um, and everything links to Spotify and other social platforms for my Instagram. So at Connor Flanagan music, that'll take you to YouTube. That'll take you to, uh, you can find my website there. Uh, yeah, got a bunch of new music videos out. We've got a bunch of new music videos and songs coming out this year. Uh Um, so yeah, go give me a follow on Instagram. That's the best place to, to learn about me, what I'm up to. That's awesome. Thank you. And, uh, patrons or listeners if you would like to become a patron of the show you can go to popculturecatechism.com and that those patrons support us on a monthly basis monetarily and there's one of six giving levels that you can choose at popculturecatechism.com and you get access to all the exclusive content so all the talks i do in my speaking ministry and also uh there we do extra stuff from the episodes that also goes in there uh like for today i'm going to share my thomas merton song with you guys in there but that's only for patrons and i just put a bunch of new stuff in there there's a parish mission i just did with all my talks are in there from the parish mission so if you're looking for a way to round out your easter season then uh, i i highly recommend that and if something from this episode has touched you i really encourage you share this with somebody because i know there, there's somebody in your life who could benefit from the message that we've been talking about here about hope and dreams and comparison there's somebody you know, and that is like a, such a simple way to share the love of God. So take a screenshot, send it to them. And that's that's like how our show has really been doing so well is people just share it with their friends and, and, and their family. So just send it to one person. You have to post it on your socials if you don't want to, but just, just send it to one person. That makes such a difference. I've, so many people have found the show that way. Um, I want to tell you about the Awakening Catholic app, which has just gotten a huge new update. Uh, it's a free app for everyone, and there's a Catholic Christian community there, but it's also a hub for all our shows. Lots of great Christian musicians are on there as well with music. There's prayers in Latin and English, 
and Spanish. We just used the Rosary app last night. I was praying with the Delatore family on it. It's, it's, it's a really good Catholic app. And also it's a hub for all our shows. And then if you're a patron, that's also where you'll get access to all the patron exclusive content. I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, but especially Carl among us, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Stephen, Maggie Hubbard, Tom and Emily Camberiati, and Darlene and Jay McCaffrey. And thank you listeners for being with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget that Jesus loves you. We'll see you next time.